Hi. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Hey, everybody. Everything's fine. Everything's hey, everything's fine. Relax. Everything's fine. We clinched, baby. We clinched. I was told the dog mentality was done. I was told flower analogies don't win football games. I was told Jillian Hurts. He couldn't be a playoff quarterback. And then even in the first half last night, I heard a lot of fraud talk in the first half, Mark Henry, yesterday's game. And I want to say something to everyone who might think the Eagles are frauds. Since 1990, they're the 19th out of 156 teams who have clinched the playoffs after starting 2-5. and five. The Eagles just became the 10th with a rookie head coach. I almost just died on this cigar. <coughs> a rookie head coach who inherited an absolute mess of a team the year prior. Jalen Hurts is now going to be the youngest ever Eagles quarterback to start a playoff game. This team's a playoff team with $34 million in dead cap. They lost the heartbeat of their defensive line in week two. Lost their starting right guard in the same week. Lost their left guard the next week. Lane Johnson left the team for three games to deal with personal issues. You hear, Mark? During the middle of the season, they trade the best tight end in Eagles history. Their leading rusher? He's missed a quarter of the season. Did you hear about this COVID thing going around? It's tearing teams apart. Not the Eagles. Stay diligent, responsible, never had an outbreak. You know this rookie head coach we're talking about, Mark? There was a fan who threw a bouquet of flowers at him two months ago. You know, in the middle of a uh, a playoff race against a division rival, they uh, rescheduled the game till Tuesday. Mid-playoff race. 13 days, they had to play three games. Mark Harry, can you guess what their record was? 3-0. 3-0. At any of those times, this season could have turned into a circus with a rookie head coach. But it didn't. Because this team is the farthest thing from a fraud. And if anything, they have the greatest leaders we've ever rooted for in Philly sports history in our time. Floor's yours. My takeaway of the game, I guess, would be that the Eagles keep starting slow. They they refuse to get off to a good start, and I refuse to stop freaking out about it. That, that That's where I'm at as an Eagles fan. Uh, I go into every game very confident, and then uh, the first 10 minutes happen, and I think that it decides the game, and I start freaking out. But they have had a switch, it seems, to really turn it on and get back into games when they fall behind. Obviously, we have had games like Denver and New Orleans and and some games where they really did blow them out and, and hold a lead. Uh, Sirianni said that. I, I think he was a little annoyed um, about the narrative because he said, you know, we've only had two wins this year that I think are by single digits. I haven't checked that. I haven't fact-checked that to see if that's accurate. How great um, are his press conferences? Oh, uh, they're great. This last one was a little uh, – it, was, it wasn't one of his best. I disagree. Really? He was joking around. He was having fun. He couldn't hear anybody. They kept fucking up the 
they not kept, his fault. No, I know, I know. It was just a poorly. When Martin, when Martin Frank asked him a question and he was and about Jalen Hurts' run, he was like, hey, he got yards. That's all I can <laughs> ask for, Martin. Yeah. yeah, he's just having fun. He's having a good time. He's enjoying life. He's he's you know, and that's the thing that that's that was probably the most I took out of the the conversation of the press conference was that like nobody on that sideline was worried when they were down ten nothing. I personally was not worried when they were down ten nothing. It's the Washington that. football team. Why? I I put up that meme with the guy jump no, shooting not at you. The, Oh, not you. Jalen Hurts might have been a little bit worried. He went up to Sirianni and he's like, yo, dude, call whatever you need to call. I'll do whatever I need to do. I thought that was more he was uh, Sirianni. He might have thought Sirianni was worried about his ankle a little bit. I thought that was more of a of a of a of a lion move from Jalen Hurts. I I should have like had this ready and and told you to pull it. But this is uh, that's I could put it on the uh, on that job by me. Bad job by me, but the question, I don't know who asked it. Um, they asked Jalen Hurts, when you went up to Sirianni and said that, you know, were you saying in regards to like you're able to run the ball and you and you want to run the ball to to help us out? And he went, Jalen like thought about it for like five seconds. And he was like, Should I like I, you could tell in his head he's like, Should I even give this like a real answer? Or should I just like like should I just not really answer this like I do most questions? And he was just like, nah, fuck it. And he was just like yeah, <laughs> he said it like so mildly and he just like shrugged his shoulders like, yeah. And then it just like moved on to the next question. It was pretty funny. I mean, for a guy who literally just saw death happen right before his eyes, it goes final destination style in FedEx field. I mean, Dan, Dan Snyder, get your fucking stadium together. I mean, we just we just went down a list of everything Dan Snyder has done in the uh, in the 20 some years that he's owned this team. Add that one next year when we uh, when we come back and talk about Danny Snyder. I mean, how how Eagles of it would be if the Eagles QB was walking to the tunnel and the barrier of Eagles fan falls on him? We've seen now we've gotten alternate angles. We've seen the second bullet now. That wasn't as far from falling on him as I thought it was. No, I thought he was nowhere near it. He shifted. He had to shift a little bit away to get to the other side so that. Some 300-pound drunk Eagles fan didn't fall on him. Um, it would be so Eagles if Dan Snyder's shitty stadium collapsed, Jalen Hurts breaks his leg, and then Gardner Minshew, the backup quarterback, goes on a run to the Super Bowl. That would be as Eagles as Eagles it could be. And I don't know if you saw this in the video. The cameraman that if that everyone fell onto, he kicked one of the guys who fell. Yeah, what was that about? What was that about? Fucking Chun Li over here kicking people like it's like it's their fault for falling over. Like bad day for cameramen. Bad day for Fox and NFL cameramen. Oh, but the uh, the cameraman who who Ricky Seals Jones ran into was a champ. He got right up. He went back and got his vitals checked. They said he was good. and right back out there, you know, taking video. Good for it him. Was a, it was a bad day for officials. I don't know if you watched the uh, Packers Vikings game. One official had to go into the blue tent. I've never seen that before. The fans um, dude. Ricky, Ricky Seals Jones. I didn't think he caught much of it. I guess I don't know what uh, what came back, but uh, the fact that he had to get carted off uh, off of off of that, and I thought the uh, the NFL guys took it pretty bad. I thought the cameraman took it bad, and then the producer right behind yeah. him. I thought it was a man. Turns out it was a woman um, with a pixie cut, and uh, she took it the worst. Yeah. Her head bounced back, catapulted forward, and bounced back again. And I was back. like, "We're gonna, we're gonna have a death on our hands sometime in, in the next couple of years." It's like a back into the left situation. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I just, I, people were wrong about Nick Sirianni. I think that's that's what I've gotten the most out of this. Uh yes, on the season, yes, and on the on the pressers, uh, yeah, absolutely. I've said that at length. This was actually one of his worst games, I thought, in, in terms of he had more things to pick apart in this game than you usually have to pick apart in these last seven games. I think I, go into I, that, it. How so? That at the end of the first half was bungled. That was a really bad three minutes to end the half, and. You know, something that I I heard this a couple of years ago, and it really has been like etched in my head ever since I heard it. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady called the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half, the middle eight. And they say whoever won that middle eight usually wins the game. And ever since I heard that, I've always been obsessed with it, how teams go into halftime and how teams come out of halftime, um, especially if you're able. And this is really like the genius of it, where Belichick wanted to defer and wanted to figure out a way to manage the game to a situation, especially if you played a good offense like Peyton Manning, who I think this was originally designed against, where he was able to do a long drive to finish the half, to keep the ball away from the offense, and then take the ball and have a long drive at the start of the second half. And what that does is it throws the, the offense off the rhythm, and Peyton Manning gets taken out of the game for over an hour. So in general, though, I mean, that's like a very specific situation. The middle eight, I do think, is very important. And it was last year when Brady and the Bucks were struggling. They were talking a lot about how Brady was struggling with Arians because Arians didn't value the end of the half as much as Brady did. There'd be 45 seconds left. They'd be on the 30, and Arians would be like, let's take a knee. And Brady would be like, what the fuck? Like, we can get 30 yards and get a field goal. So th- that's just something where – Sirianni there with what I believe there was like two and a half minutes left uh, where it was fourth and four on, uh, you know, the number better than I do. I think 45 on the 45 and it actually ranks in the 97th percentile in cowardly punts this year. And then a 95th percentile in cowardly punts since 1999. That That is a really, really cowardly punt by the, um, I, I forgot the exact name for it. The punt surrender in two- index. Two weeks in a row now, he has punted from the 45 on fourth and four. And that's why um, that's why I think that Doug was so good at fourth down is because Carson always knew that they it was mostly four down territory once they got the ball over the 50. And I think that's something that Jalen and Nick Sirianni have to get on the same page about because you look at the fourth down conversions, they're terrible at them. They're uh, like top, uh, bottom 10 in the league at that now, when you have that and you instill that in your quarterback and you put that in their mind that, hey, listen, you know, if, if, if it's third and six, I can get five yards. I don't have to get six, seven, eight yards. Like if I can get five yards, I know I'm going to have a shot. If I can get three yards, I can check down. I know I'm going to have a shot to uh, to get it on fourth down. That's what I thought. You know, I'm sure there's some other ways, you know, play scheme and everything. But that's what I thought Doug and Carson were always really good at. And that's why Doug was so successful because he just instilled that in Carson. And we'll talk about fourth down conversions a little later but because – uh, they they fixed it a little bit. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But how do you not trust your guys to go get four yards in that situation? And how are you so afraid of Washington to not do that? I, I, it just seemed like a really cowardly move. And yeah. then the fact that Washington, with 35 seconds left, they were perfectly content going into halftime with that score. And they're on like the 30, 35. And Sirianni takes a timeout. And that makes Washington reconsider, and they go down, and they end up getting a field goal. What was that Jonathan Gannon defense where Fletcher Cox was the only one on the line, and they were and they were rushing? Why not try to force a sack there 
with no timeouts. If they're gonna if they're gonna play that way, let Heineke run around. I mean, if there's anyone who's gonna make a uh, a bad decision in that game, it was gonna be Taylor Heineke. But more so, my problem with it actually is with 35 seconds left on they're on the 30 35. It's not like they're pinned on the five, and there's a chance you could get a punt where you're receiving it at the 45. If they punt it to you, it's gonna be with 30 seconds left or less, and you're gonna receive it on the 20, and you're gonna have to go. 40 yards with no timeouts and with under 30 seconds left. I I, I don't, I mean, that, that makes no sense when you just punted from the 45 on fourth and four to me, it, it was just like, he was calling from the seat of his pants. It was not a planned out situation on how he was going to deal with the end of that first half, which is fine. I think he's done a really good job this year and he's done a really good job with judgment calls a lot of the time, but this was just uh, that he absolutely bungled that. And we're lucky that that didn't cost us the game. Uh, to, but to his chart that half. That's what his chart told him to do. He told him, he said he won't tell you what the chart tells him. He told, yeah, he will not tell you what the chart does, but he has a chart. And his chart told him to punt on fourth and four from the 45. I don't know what the chart was saying in the first quarter when they went for it for fourth and four on like the 30. Um, but I guess the chart kind of lies. I'm I'm a big field guy. I'll always tell you that. You you got something within fourth and four, fourth and five, and you're over your and you're in your opponent's territory. I'll never be mad at you for going for it. Doug was my guy. Doug was my guy on fourth down. I play like Madden. I want I want four down territory. I'll go for four downs on the 20. I like the aggressiveness. I like feel over analytics. You know what's funny for me? Where I, I'm I don't know if I've said this before. Uh, this is like a, a groundhog day situation where this is I don't know if I said this you to probably someone have. while to someone while watching football or said this on the podcast, but I am almost always go for it guy, like go for two guy, go for the oh. fourth down guy. I'm an analytics guy. So I'm almost always there. Most people get more aggressive as they get closer. Like once people get to fourth and goal, it seems like almost everyone's going for it. And when they're at the 30, they're like, Oh, I'll take a 47 yard field goal instead of going for fourth and two. To me, I actually would get more conservative as I got closer because the likelihood that you're just going to have to go for fourth again if you get it on the 40 is pretty high. So, like, like there's a pretty high likelihood that you're going to go for that, you're going to risk that, and you're going to end up with a field goal or you're going to end up having to risk it again. So if I'm at, like right there within the 10-yard line, I'm thinking like, you know what? If we don't get this, uh, you know – I, that's a huge swinging opportunity. And I know a lot of people Not look really, at it as like... It depends. It's, it's situational with quarterbacks, yeah, I think. you're right. You're right. No, no, no. I could be wrong. You can tell me I'm wrong. I think no, no, Taylor no. Heineke think- going 90 yards. Okay, yeah, that's not going to happen. Tom Brady, though, I think you take the points in that way. Maybe Tom Brady could probably go 90 yards more than Taylor Heineke can. Not probably. He can. Yeah, I guess it's a situational thing. I I, I think I'm wrong. Like, I, 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 the analytics say I'm wrong. And I, I think I'm wrong. It's just like a feel thing for me when I'm watching games. When we get closer and we go for it, I'm always a bit more nervous than when we're at the the 40 like the 40 or the 35 i hate when people take 52 yard field goals instead of going for fourth and two like or like a You're 48 exactly right. yard field goal how nervous were you when jalen hurts is falling down pitching oh the ball back God. to boston scott on fourth down boston scott goes superman what um if anyone is listening to this go back and watch the play tremendous block thrown by dallas goddard because there's these two guys coming off the end about to jive for uh boston scott and he hit one of them into the other one and it and it threw him off his path just an all-around great play. I mean, just the athleticism between Jalen Hurts and the athleticism of Boston Scott. Like, there's no reason a 5'6 guy, 185, or he might be 205 with the way they uh, they they juice those players up, man. The fact that he is, like, 
one of the key players down the stretch. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that he's in, in the NFL. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think about how to word this. If Go you're ahead, a cop, I'll help you. If you're okay. a cop out there, uh, okay. you know, don't don't arrest me. But I was driving to uh, Fox PHL Gambler Studios. Uh, at half, I left at halftime to try to, like, minimize the amount of game I'd be watching on the road. I was very much watching the game while driving, uh, not really focusing on the road, swerving all over the place, freaking out when uh, when he uh, threw that threw that pitch for sure. Oh, so you were in the car when that happened? Oh, I was watching. I think I I was like I was getting close at that point. Yeah. Why don't you listen to Merrill? I feel like he describes I, the game perfectly. I need I need to be able to look down. I I, I don't look at it until I hear the like the situation. I just want to ask you this: It's probably a stupid question. Did Jalen Hurts earn 2022? Close. Maybe maybe it's not a stupid question. It's close. Uh, what do you mean I, it's close? It's a definite. He's going to be the youngest player in Eagles franchise history to play a quarterback to play in a, in a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's – I think the, the – you know, the, the hand on the clock, or that's definitely not the right way to put it. The thermometer is pointing towards, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts being the guy next year uh, more than it is us drafting a guy or us trading for Russ or someone like that, I'd say. Anybody listening to you right now does not feel a lick of hope with the way you just described <laughs> Jalen Hurts being the guy next year. What's your problem? What's, what? what t- talk to me. I said it all year. I, I wish he was a little better or worse, but I, I this has nothing to do with the Washington game. I thought this was one of the better games he's played in his career. Um, the thing that I was nervous about with Hertz the last couple of weeks was the turnover uh, prone football he was playing. And that's not something that he was doing to start this year. And it's why I was so in on him going into this year from last year and, and to start this year when he was controlling turnovers, even when people were out on him, I was still in. And then to start that winning streak, he was controlling turnovers and playing mistake-free football. And then he got in a bit of a rut, even in a couple of wins, and obviously the Giants lost. Um, he, he had some bad games in terms of you know, keeping the ball. And to throw for 220 yards really efficiently, high completion percentage, to run, uh, to be the best runner that we had um, yesterday, I think, it, what was he, seven carries for – uh, 60, 66 yards, something like that. It was like that, yeah. Uh, and so he was our most efficient runner, uh, close to our leading rusher. But I think Scott had a lot more carries, I believe. I, I could be wrong on that. Uh, but you're right. Jalen was incredible yesterday to to add that in the passing game, add that in the rushing game, and to not turn the ball over. That we needed every bit of that. Um, and I know the John Jansons of the world, who I did a show with right after yesterday. How was he feeling? He, you know, he was feeling good, but he was trying to minimize the jail mm-hmm. game for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. That's when you know your haters will always show their true colors in your time of accomplishment. No, but he was fair. He, I think he, he was not shitting on him at all. He, he was, he was saying he was surprised. He was saying he was wrong. And that's it, not he, shitting on him. Him being surprised is not shitting on him. I'm surprised he could do this. He's shown, he's shown in multiple games this year. He could do what he did yesterday. Not surprised what he did yesterday. He didn't think yesterday's performance was all that special. I think he just meant, like, make the playoffs. Of course not. Why would he? But I thought yesterday was very good, and I kept emphasizing on the show, uh, the 4-7 to seven show that we did yesterday on the, the Eagles post game. I, I kept emphasizing that I thought it was maybe one of his best games of the year because of the fact that he added in the passing game, added in the rushing game, when we didn't have good running back, you know, production and he was able to not throw any picks not fumble the ball not take too many sacks really maneuver around the pocket 
One no, sack, too many. yeah. Yeah, one, one sack. sack. Yeah, Plus a, a railing that he also avoided, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know John Jansen came on this pro- this podcast two weeks ago and said, I just really want to see how he performs in a, in a division game with 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 uh, playoffs on the line. He did say that. I think he, he, that. think he meant next week probably against Dallas. That was that was at a time when I was the only person who believed we were clinching in week 17. Uh, by the way, that parlay that I've been hyping on like three different episodes, absolutely cashed. Never even a doubt. Uh, even, you know, 16-7 against the Eagles, you know, 49ers down seven nothing with Trey Lance looking like he didn't know how to play football. Great, good second half though. I'm I'm in on Trey Lance, but uh, regardless, that parlay cashing saved my day yesterday for sure. The E and going all in on the Packers on Sunday night saved my day yesterday for sure. The Eagles, you know, that's uh, after a rough Saturday during a, a rough gambling day for me. A rough. Um, I had a bad fantasy loss where I had Jamar Chase in a championship. Um, uh, you know, I needed, I need after going all in on the Dolphins. After I said Saturday, I mentioned Saturday. After going all in on the Dolphins as my best bet too, and when that was maybe my worst bet. That's my worst bet of the year. <laughs> I maybe maybe I've ever not of the year twenty twenty two. Like in years, I don't think I've made a worse bet than Dolphins plus three and a half and Dolphins team total over seventeen. Trust me, some of us won't forget. Uh, I, I but we forget. always, but we always thank you for the money you've made us in prior months. Yeah, no, I'm down. December, fourteen units right now. You 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 take it, you ball it up, and you throw it in the trash. It's a new month. No, December was fine. December we finished plus fifteen. Uh, I thought you finished plus even. Plus even. No, we finished plus. Wait, maybe I'm wrong. I have to go look. But I know that we're down fourteen right now. Good thing is it's only the third. Got yeah. twenty seven more days left, um, but yeah, I don't I don't like how I don't like how anyone can be negative about Jalen Hurts, and you're not helping. And I know I know you're right in the middle, but I'm going to put you on this side that that is is being negative towards <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Uh, it goes back to this. And I hate to be I hate to be uh, beating a dead horse. You talk to anybody in August other than you, Mark Henry, and they told you you were nine and seven, and you were going to clinch in week seventeen. And you only have to worry about week 18. You let the chips fall where they fall. Everyone would have called you crazy. Everyone would have said no chance. Jalen Hurts must have got traded for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson mid, mid, uh, mid-season. Or, you know, Nick Sirianni got fired. Or uh, Zach Ertz, like, played out of his mind. Or Dallas got to play out of his mind or something. No, it's just good, all-around good team football who bought into their coach. And we yeah. have all the takes. We, You know what? If we did have a bigger audience... We should do another retweet Armageddon. There is so much shit out there, so much content out there. Just off the off of Colin Cowherd alone, Adam <laughs> Lefko saw one. Adam Lefko saw one two two minute snippet of a press God, conference and ran and go to be a Chiefs fan. He asked Travis Kelsey if he could join the Chiefs. I mean, that guy's a loser. We got we got Taylor Rooks saying, "Oh, I feel so bad for you guys." Underneath the tweet, we got Joy Taylor saying, "Good luck underneath the tweet." She actually came out and said, "I was wrong about them." Colin Coward with the graphic four and thirteen coming up. What else? Uh, Chad Forbes is like an NFL writer. I saw that one get retweeted. He gave the Nick Sirianni grade an F. It's Michael Lombardi all over again. <laughs> it's Michael Lombardi all over again. Everyone was wrong, and that's okay to be wrong. I mean, I'm 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 right only because I find ten games before the season. That's fine but- by me. Go ahead. You know who you know who was right. We I did the opposite of a retweet Armageddon yesterday. I shouted out 
Brendan Deeg and Mike K. Yes, they were. Who they? I think they came on within like a week of each other they about, did. and it was in the probably like the two and four, two and five flower comments. Flowers getting thrown at Sirianni. Mike K was the day of the flower comments, and the sky was falling. Yeah. Yeah, well, we were. I would not like to go back and listen to that because we were probably (laughs) we're making fun of the Sirianni doubters. We were probably uh, just as bad as any of them that day. The Seamus Clancy story, that one's getting retweeted a little bit. (laughs) Seamus Clancy was wrong. Seamus Clancy was right. Hashtag now hashtag Seamus Clancy is wrong, and we'll we'll retweet that when we get out of here. When we get out of this program, I'm just saying, anyone out there has a stick up their ass if they're angry, if they want to talk about the Eagles only beat these teams, you know that are that are below 500. Oh, the Eagles only beat these quarterbacks. I understand they got to start faster. They got to get better. They got to they can't they can't start how they started if they play you know Tom Brady in Tampa or if they play. you know, God forbid they make it to the NFC Championship game or whatever, then they play in Lambeau. They can't start That's, that that'd way. That would be the second round. That would be the second, second round. round. Okay, so they, they they can't, you know, start that way. Don't get me wrong. But who in this – who in NFC, NFC is a juggernaut that the Eagles can't beat with their run game? Nobody. Absolutely nobody. They can beat anybody in the NFC. They just ground, they pound, they wear you down, and we're going to title town. I don't believe it, to be honest. I, yeah, that's, that's fine. Also, you can be a hater. Be a hater all you want. I'll sit here, smoke my cigars, put my pit vipers on, put some eagle stuff on. That, that's fine. I, I I was never a hater of this team. I thought they were going to win nine, ten games, and I, I thought they'd go to the playoffs. I do think Green Bay and Tampa Bay and, and uh, L.A. and Dallas are really good. I think all four teams are really I good. I, I don't really I, and, think and, they're going to beat any of them. And but. I do, too. Don't get me wrong. I do, too. But they all have deficiencies. Yeah. Dallas. Green Bay doesn't, actually. Yes, they do. That run defense is not as good. That's their weakness right there. There's their weakness. Arizona Cardinals. Run defense wasn't as good in the the beginning of the season. They've kind of come around. Don't get me wrong. But it's still, I mean, you see them lose to, you know, you see them lose to Detroit. COVID issues, man. Who knows what's going to happen with COVID? Like, who knows that? Who knows that they immunized uh, Aaron Rodgers, that immunized son of a bitch. Who doesn't know he doesn't get COVID leading up to the game? I think now that he's COVID, he's got 90 days of like huge antibodies. So I think he's 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 okay. But hey, who says he doesn't get COVID again? We're gonna we're leading up there and, and he's out. But the nice the nice thing about this is this is this is probably the high point. I think that's fine. This is a high point. This is a way higher point than anybody except me and you thought we would reach. Uh, no one thought we'd be where we're at right now. You know, insert the Paul Rudd, insert the Paul Rudd mean who who'd have thought we'd be here. Not me. Not me. But no, but, but yeah, us. We, no, not me, but yes. Yeah, um, so I think it's fine if they don't win a playoff game. I think it's fine that we have no expectations. I think that makes it fun. I think that's like why the Chicago Bulls and the Cleveland Cavaliers fans in the NBA are having so much fun because they didn't come into the year expecting to be top four teams in the East. And they got these young players and all these things to be excited about and having no expectations of fun. It reminds me of the first year out of the process when the Sixers started being good with Joel and Ben. And it's like, wait a second, this seems like the three C this is so fun. We never Mm -hmm. expected this. That's kind of what's going on with the Eagles to a lesser degree to make the playoffs. So now we get to go in it's like we got nothing to lose. We're here. No one thought we'd be here. If we win, though, it's a miracle, and it becomes mm-hmm. legendary. It becomes a legendary season where no one gave us a chance, and everyone counted us out. And we did the underdogs when we were the one seed. We did the underdogs with Nick Foles. This would be the time to break out the underdogs mask. These 
are the underdog Eagles. You know, Jason Kelsey, the whole damn team, he, he better do another speech oh, about no that if they win a game because this team has been counted out more than any team I can remember in Philadelphia, whether that be last year, whether that be in the offseason, whether that be even when they won in week one, everyone was telling me about how bullshit the win was. Every time they lost one of those games on that two and five run, everyone was telling me about how fraudulent they were. When they lost to the Giants, everyone was telling us, you know, there's we're coming back down to earth. It's all over, even though they probably should have won that game if Jalen Rager catches that ball and we'd be 10 and six right now. We'd be playing for the division next week. Yeah, we would be. But all of that being said, we have nothing to lose. Nothing to we're lose. Go- we're going into next week. Me saying I don't think we can win, that's fine. Who cares? If we win, though, it makes it that much sweeter. Oh, makes it the best. And you know what? I'm already I'm already creating a narrative. The 2019 Tennessee Titans. Let me tell you a little bit about the 2019 Tennessee Titans, Mark Henry. Come here. Sit on my knee. The 2019 Tennessee Titans, led by a coach, Mike Vrabel, in his second year, had an okay defense, you know, middle of the road in passing and rushing, but had the top three rushing attack. Eagles have a top one rushing attack, obviously. Had an okay passing, you know, had passing offense. Ryan Tannehill played pretty well. You don't expect those guys to beat a Tom Brady-led New England Patriots. Now, it was obviously Tom Brady's last year, you know. We knew we didn't know things in the uh, organization were as bad as they really were, but it was still it was the New England Patriots coming off a off a Super Bowl run. Go ahead. Things uh how how are things looking in the Tampa organization? Not too good right now. Mark Henry. I just don't. I, a lot of banged up on the defensive line. A lot of banged up on the offensive line. I saw uh, a certain somebody run off uh, the field at MetLife Stadium yesterday, shirtless after. Uh, after uh, Bruce Arians supposedly said, get back in the game, he said, no, I'm hurt. I don't know. There's differing uh, amounts of opinions. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. We had we – that was obviously during the Eagles game. We had that on mute on the second TV on uh, on uh, Red Zone. I don't, that also and happened I, on my drive. So getting texts about that was oh, like, really? what's going on? My buddy was like, yo, what is Antonio Brown doing? I looked over. He was sure. I was like, oh, that's probably just pregame him messing with the fans and everything. I go on Twitter two minutes later, and it's like, Antonio Brown just ran off the field shirtless. And I turned to my buddy, I was like, oh, that was real. That was like during the game. <laughs> that was one of the, that was the greatest retirement of all time. Vontae Davis was like, wow, that was a little too much. <laughs> what what odds could I get that the Bucks lose to the Eagles and then um, Tom Brady leaves because he's pissed off at Arians um, for cutting AB and he goes to the Raiders or the Steelers? Like what odds could I get on that parlay? If there was ever a time to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it is right now. It is right now, which is most likely the scenario that is going to happen. And if it's not, then we play the Rams. And Matt Stafford's turning into a pick six pumpkin right now. He's addicted. He's, he's addicted. addicted to pick six. He's Matt Schaub. He's he's uh he's uh the Calabasas Matt Schaub right now. <laughs> By or the way, Arizona. I'm gonna say this every single time I watch the Rams. I'm gonna say this every week that I watch the Rams. He's too skinny. I don't know if that's what the pick sixes are about. Matt Stafford lost too much weight on the L.A. diet. Him and mm. Kershaw hanging out. The kale. I, I don't know if it's just the Rams uniforms or, you know, it's him prettier. Being no, in LA. It's, it's being in L.A. You you see, you know, a, a, an L.A. 10 is like a Detroit 20. A Detroit 10 is like an L.A. 1. Like you just you just get you get caught up in that environment. There's pretty people everywhere. There's pretty people in the stands. You know, it's just it's it's a it's a different environment out there. So you know, you want to look good. You don't want to you know in in Detroit, you can have a little 
You have a little hang gut. Yeah, I, I felt like he people people have argued with this about me. People have I thought he was like prime Ben Roethlisberger in terms of like how he was built, not like fat current Ben Roethlisberger, like 10, 10 years ago Ben Roethlisberger. I felt like that was how Stafford was built. Now well, you can never so tell skinny. because they wear so much fucking like equipment on their chest. So it's like, is that guy fat or does he have like two inches of like Teflon on his chest? Well, maybe the ramp, maybe he's wearing like no equipment. Maybe he's wearing like the Sam Bradford uh, or like whatever it is. Uh, maybe he's wearing. But he weird. had arms. He always had arms. Stafford. Stafford. Yeah. Stafford yeah, always he, had he arms. Just, he looks so tiny to me. I, I This is such a dumb conversation, but. No, it's not a dumb I, conversation. You leave, you leave a tough nail city like Detroit. You go to LA where it's all just sunshine and rainbows. It's what happens to you. You know, it's what happens. You know, you sell your company and you move out to LA. It's hard to start another company. Your arm, your arm noodles up, and you start throwing pick sixes. You can't throw ten yard outs within your own twenty. A lot of distractions out there in LA. Is that an allegation for Matt Stafford? Open relationships are, are starting to come around a lot. Trying to be in the mainstream and uh, in, uh, in in the athlete world. Steph Curry, Sonia Curry, no, Sonia Curry's mom. Whoever his Aisha, wife is, Aisha. Aisha. I've heard, I heard about that. Yeah. Um, you LeBron. see that on a, sna- on a Snapchat thing? That was that was where I saw that. It was like a Snapchat story thing. Yeah, I read yeah. the Snapchat stories from time time to time. Um, <laughs> we got to talk about Howie Roseman. I know people don't like to hear it, but pretty 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 good year from our 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 our. I was gonna say boy, he's not my boy. Young Howard, our guy Howard. Shout out to Mike K for de- detailing most of this. He had an article today. Go read that. This is the moves that Howie Roseman made in the last year. Trading Carson Wentz, obviously. Hiring Nick Sirianni, obviously. Trading down for Devontae Smith. Those those signing of Slay and Hargrave, that obviously pays off. Taking a chance on Landon Dickerson, pays off. Locking up Josh Sweat, Mylotta, and Avante Maddox on bargain dollar deals for the next couple of years. That's going to pay off, hopefully. Maybe a couple of executive of the year votes find their way into old Howard's pocket there. <laughs> old Howard. I like I'm just saying. Him. I like calling him Howard. We but. can't call him Howie when he gets to be when he gets to be like 45, 50 years old. At one point you gotta go from like like you can't go from Jimmy. You can't what be is, a, you, what is you he? can't be a fifty How year old, old guy. He? He's gotta be at least forty two. I was gonna say forty five. Yeah, like he probably is. So be. maybe we should start calling him Howard. Like I'm not calling a forty five year old guy with kids and a job a Howie. Forty six. Like how long is the forty six? Howie Long is the only one who can get away with it because that guy's just just cool. Like And he still looks like he's fifty. Yeah, yeah, he really does. But like, I'm not calling my like my I, I live with a buddy Jim. I'm not calling him Jimmy when he's like 45 years old and we have two kids. I'm not calling somebody Mikey when he's uh you know when he's when he's laying foundation at 45 or he's uh he's you know excavating some 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 bathrooms because he's a he's a plumber. Like, come on, like at one point grow up, be Howard. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, but yeah, still doesn't Mike take away K, from the Mike, fact that he's going to be executive of the year. Mike K should get some you know some sweetening from the Eagles. You think Dave Spadaro thinks his job's on the line? If Mike no, K no. Keeps, I, if Mike I, K keeps writing very, very glorifying pieces about the Eagles? The difference is Dave Spadaro, I, I think, is a shill, and I think he's like works for the Eagles, so it's like a little different. <laughs> so I think Mike K just like truly believes it, and I think he's been right on a lot of it. So I think he's like, but the he, the, the narrative's very good for Howard and for Lurie and for Sirianni and for Jalen. So I think that they should, uh, I think they should, you know. Slide Mike Case some good interviews. Slide Mike Case some 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 pieces, some big some big uh, juicy scoops. Yeah, make it a uh, exclusive interview 
But don't do it with Dave Spadaro. <laughs> do it with Mike yeah. K. He's yeah. Been, listen, Mike K came and he talked us off the ledge. He did. And you know, I will always appreciate Mike K for doing that because I was about to I was about to push the panic button. My finger what's, was hovering above the panic button. I was slamming it down. I was calling for the nukes. What's the what's the what do they say when you get married? Through the best through the best of times, through the worst of times, through through thick and thin. Yeah, through richer or poor. Yeah, through richer or poor. That was the poorest. That was the thinnest. That was the the you know the darkest day that he could have possibly come on. And even then. He had like full faith in him as a not only like a coach, but he was like the guys still believe in him. And we were like, mm-hmm. really? We were like, this, like we I'll, I'll give it I'll give a little behind the scenes. We got off the podcast like that guy's just like a mouthpiece. That guy's a mouthpiece for the Eagles. Like, what are we talking like? Like we should we actually got off the podcast. And we're like, we should have challenged him more on what he thought. We were uh, we were pissed that we didn't challenge him more. It was like, this is ridiculous. He's not he's not like like how can these guys be bought in? We did. Well, I- Thank yeah, God we didn't. <laughs> we said this. We said the same thing about Brendan Deeg, though. Kind of. We said we thought Brendan Deeg was all in on Sirianni. The difference was Siri. Brendan Deeg killed Howie too, though. So I think that that was the difference. Brendan Brendan was not a big fan of Howie, and Mike K was sort of sort of more defending Howie. Uh, so uh, that was kind of the difference there. But yeah, they were both right on Sirianni. It, it looks like they never they never wavered in their beliefs. So uh, credit to them, and credit to you if you're a listener uh, back then to have you know hopefully you were talked off the ledge like we were. Yeah, I, I want people to send me their takes. I really want to like get the takes like from back. Like now everyone's takes that were like very pro Eagles are starting to come out and everything. If any listeners have any pro takes that they tweeted or that they uh, had any text messages you want to share, tweet us at everything's fine on Twitter or I like that. Uh, or put it in your story on Instagram. We'll see that one too. Um, all right, playoff scenarios. So obviously, who the hell is watching this game outside of Philadelphia and Dallas when it's flexed to Saturday at 15? So, so far... So uh, Stephen Jones went on his radio spot. He said they're playing the starters as of now. Nick Sirianni, he did his thing on WIP. He said they're playing the starters as of now. I'd be shocked if the Eagles play the starters. I don't know what the Cowboys are still fighting for, but I think they can they can move up. I think they yeah. can get to the three. Every, everyone, everyone can move. Yeah, it's crazy. They might be able to get to the two, but it's highly they unlikely. Can. Yeah, yeah. Mark Henry. What is your thought process? Are we resting the starters in week 18 and why? 100%. 100% because it doesn't matter at all. Um, We don't know what we want to do, especially because it's on Saturday. We can't even scoreboard watch. You can't do any of that. You rest the starters. Um, It seems like it's almost 85% certain that we're going to be playing the Bucs, I'd say. I'd say there's like a 10% chance we play the Rams and then probably a a 5% chance that we either play the Cardinals or the Cowboys or the world blows up and we don't get to the playoffs. So mm-hmm. uh, that's always, you have to account for that a little Kyle bit. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, that's true. I, I just watched Don't Look Up on Netflix. So that's, that's where oh, that's my wonderful movie. Fra- fantastic. Uh, I, I have opinion. I, I, you know, I've, I have thoughts on it, but I feel like anything will be taken politically. Uh, so I, I feel like that's kind of where that movie is going to lie. I thought it was a great representation of what we're going through right now in America. With COVID and with global warming, I I, I agree totally. But I, I think uh, you're in the middle, so I think you're able to be swung either way. Like you're not going to be turned off by something that's either very pro left wing or pro right wing. So I imagine mm-hmm. you were you were objective on it and you enjoyed it. I'm obviously I, I'm obviously be- liberal, so I loved it. I belly laughed four or five times. Yeah, yeah. and I don't Jonah belly Hill. laugh a lot. Jonah Hill was awesome in it. Jonah, Jonah if you get a chance, was- go watch that movie. Uh, I just pulled up Sorry, the playoff yeah, scenario. Yeah. Um, I, can you can you make sense of this? Because yeah. my dumb brain sees colors, it sees letters, it sees math, and it just it just goes dormant. 
So there's a lot of ways to look at this. I think that the things that you have to remember are that obviously Green Bay's out of this. They're the one seed, so take that, take them out of your brain, anybody. And then you're looking at Tampa Bay. These are the games over here to the left side, and then on the right side of the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, are what would happen in the results of each game. So let's say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win. They just came out today and said that they will be playing their starters. So it's and Carolina is a dumpster fire. They couldn't even be the dumpster fire that is the New Orleans Saints uh, to help us out last week. So Tampa Bay is going to win that game. Spoiler alert. So now it, it turns into a conversation of if Tampa wins, that eliminates the possibility of us playing Dallas. So then it becomes a conversation of would you as an Eagles fan rather play Tampa or would you rather play the LA Rams and if that or no 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 that's it sorry come mm-hmm. back I'm sorry I mean there is a chance where we could play Arizona right here yeah, on but seven and two but that's insane that's with Tampa losing yeah so let's say let's assume Tampa's let's assume Tampa's winning because I okay. think that that's probably pretty likely let's assume Tampa's winning and let's take that out of it and Tampa wins that game the only scenarios that can happen are we play the Rams or we play Tampa there's only one scenario it's like uh, if anyone's an Avengers fan out there uh, in in Infinity Wars, when Doctor Strange has to give away the stone uh, and he says there was a million scenarios and only one scenario where we won. There's only one scenario out of these million that you see on the screen that the Eagles can play the L.A. Rams with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning. And what we would need to happen is we would need to lose on Saturday to the Dallas Cowboys. We would need the L.A. Rams to beat the San Francisco 49ers and we would need the saints to lose to the Falcons. And that's a game where the saints, if the Niners lose, the saints will have a play in their in scenario there against the Falcons with a lot to play for against a bad Falcons team. We're going to need my boy, Arthur Smith to come through. So if the, if you want the Eagles to play the LA Rams, you should be rooting for the, the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Eagles, the LA Rams to beat the 49ers and the Atlanta Falcons to beat the saints, which makes the Arizona Seattle and the Carolina Tampa Bay games irrelevant. If you are of the opinion that you want Tampa Bay in the first round, you think it's the time that you want to play Tampa. You think they have all these injuries. You're not afraid of Tom Brady. We did beat him in the playoffs last time we faced him. So if you want to face Tampa, then kind of just like let it, you know, It'll happen. <laughs> like, yeah, I would say just like root for root for Tampa to win, and then it, it's pretty likely. And you know, root for one of those other scenarios other than what I said. I know, as the two people on the pod, you would definitely be more um, have more information on this. I know they're banged up on the offensive side. Talking about Tampa Bay, are they banged up a little bit on the defensive line? Shaq Barrett's hurt. I'm not sure what like his status is in terms of like how healthy he is or if he'll play for the playoffs. But um, Levante David and Le- Leonard Fournette are the two ones that are really up in the air um, that that could really swing things. And uh, Arian said, "Goblin's out for the year." Yeah, Goblin's out for the year. AB's cut. Um, is Antonio Brown out for the year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so those two guys are gone for sure. Fournette is banged up no matter what. So even if he comes back, you have to imagine he won't be as good as he was this year when he was having a breakout season. I got a scenario for you. What? Howie Roseman loves a cheap date. Howie Roseman signs Antonio Brown the week leading up to Tampa Bay just to kind of play with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a little bit, but also to get some of the trade secrets. Why would AB not do that? I don't here's think- a, here's, a, here's, a mil- here's the million dollars you lost out on incentives. Here you go, AB. 
Let's learn about the playbook. Let's learn about what goes on in there. Let's learn about how to, you know, how to test Tom, how to test Mike Evans, how to defend these guys and whatnot. Tell us your secrets. Well, couldn't he just do that, like, on the phone, like, in the back rooms? Like, that's not like a cap thing. You don't have to sign Antonio Brown and deal with, like, the public scrutiny of that. Can't you just be like, hey, AB? Keep him away from the media. Well, well, yeah, if you sign him, it's not going to be away from the media. You just have to put out like a release, and it's on your cap, and you have like investors and like, or not investors, but whatever. You have a, a board, like people see that shit. Whatever. I, I'm not going to get into the mumbo jumbo of the Eagles front office, but um, what you do is you just call them, and you're like, "Yeah, AB, we're going to Venmo you a million dollars." Good paper trail. This is how you do it, Mark. You're 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 going to be <laughs> yeah, a future gonna, CEO one day. We're going to drop off a duffel bag at mm. your house. Unmarked, now you're unmarked bills uh, to your NYC Uber driver. Tell him to not go on Instagram Live while he's while he's picking up the duffel bag. Uh, and then you know we're gonna get we're gonna get some secrets. You send over the playbook. Uh, we know you took pictures since you record your conversations. Since we saw that with John Gruden. Um, so yeah, just give us give us the intel. It's funny. I was trying to explain to my girlfriend like the paper trail of Antonio Brown, or not the paper trail, but like the journey of Antonio Brown since the moment he signed with the Raiders to now. Mark, and that was only three years ago. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's wild. It's wild. Everything that's happened in three years. But I I would be all for that. I mean, also how he like you know he traded for DGB straight up. And that guy was had character issues out the ass. So like he traded for, uh, who was the guy who beat up the Cabana boy? He didn't care about that either. Nigel Bradham. How he's never been one to care about character issues. What was the Jim Schwartz, Nigel Bradham quote? Oh my God. It's so good. Fuck. I have to find it. Jim Schwartz, Nigel. Who else had character issues? Josh Huff. Oh, Huff, Josh Huff. He cut Josh Huff. But I mean, if Josh Huff was putting up, you know, a thousand yards, would Josh Huff been been cut because of hollow point bullets because they can, you know, shoot through uh, bulletproof vests, which is wild in its own right? Probably not. This is on the he went Eagles. Down to Tampa. This is on the Eagles website. Oh, we're getting an ad. I hope that's not playing through. No, it's not. What was the quote? I'm trying to get the exact quote. It's so funny that it's on the Eagles website, though. Oh, where is it? You do dumbass things. Pretty soon you're going to be labeled dumbass. It's true. I love that. I think that's it's true. true. So who would you rather play, Mark? L.A. L.A. because Matt Stafford's a pick six machine. That's why That's why we said that. I, L.A. was my Super Bowl pick before the year because Aaron Donald's amazing. I think he's defensive player of the year. I don't care about Parsons or anything. Um, Jalen Ramsey's incredible, even, when, even though he's trying to fight his teammates. Um, Cooper Cup, I didn't think about that before the year, but Cooper Cup, I think, is an MVP candidate. Uh, you know, their O line ha- has been better than a lot of people expected. And even though a lot of things seem bad for the Rams, they are 12 and four. So it's like, wow, their season seemed a lot worse than 12 and four, I it guess. Yeah. But I'm not, they don't scare me. Matt Stafford's 0 and 3 in the playoffs. He hasn't been there in years. He's too skinny. He's a pick six machine. I just I I know all the concerns with Tampa. I know all the injuries. I know that LA has got a better roster. I think McVay's a better coach than Arians. I think uh, for a lot of reasons, I understand why people would rather play Tampa than LA. But I just would rather play Matthew Stafford than Tom Brady in the playoffs. McVay has never beaten the Philadelphia Eagles. We own the Rams. Mm-hmm. We own the Rams with backup quarterbacks. So maybe Gardner Minshew has to play, or maybe Jalen Hurts is technically a backup quarterback because he was hot, he was drafted as one. So maybe that kind of just the laws of uh, 
the laws of physics right there makes sense there. Yeah, I think uh, Rams would be mine. I do get worried. I, I man, there's something about Kevin Bay where I think you got him right where you want him, but then you're like, yeah, there's this guy who's 43 years old and he hasn't even lost a step, and uh, he's not going to lose at home in the playoffs against Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. Um, even though they did, it's hard to beat a team twice. Hard to beat a team twice. It's but hard I, to I, beat a team twice, especially when you get Antonio Brown to come on your team and give you all the trade secrets. Beating Tom Brady to to advance in the playoffs would almost be as sweet as beating the Cowboys, or maybe even sweeter. So, you know, maybe there's the argument there that beating the Rams is, like, the least cool thing, I feel like. Like, beating the Cowboys is a rivalry. Like, I don't have to tell anyone what beating the Cowboys in the playoffs would mean. Beating Tom Brady, obviously, that's, like, its own thing. We've done it before. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then being the Rams is just kind of like, okay. Like we want to no, I, it would be huge. Like people would no, freak no, out. but it would be it would be the it would be the least exciting of all the scenarios. It would be the least like memed. Like it would be the least national yes. media talked about win. Like if the Eagles beat the Cowboys in the playoffs, or if the Eagles were to beat the Bucks in the playoffs, like they would be the number one story on Sports Center and in the media. I don't know why I just said number one story on Sports Center. Like it's nineteen ninety eight, and anyone cares about Sports Center, but you know. Yeah, it's like being the front. It's like people saying front page news. It's okay. Yeah, people yeah. say that. Um, yeah. NFC East roundup, or do you want to get into your coach, your Black Monday scenario? Uh, let's do let's do Black Monday first. Oh, I'm look at that! Do you hear that? Do you, anyone listening to this? Did you hear how jacked up Mark Henry got? He DM'd me like last night. He was like, I really want to do like coaching scenarios. He's living for this. I love this. You can you can feel the infectious energy through the screen, Mark, or through the AirPods. I, I love coaching carousel. Go ahead. I, 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 I for college for the NFL. I, I love the coaching carousel. I love. Um, you know, especially when we're getting to interview season. Oh, man, I am going to be a menace on the timeline. Um, but it, you look at there's two obvious openings. The Jags and the Bears um, are already open. So then let's get into I have eight listed options in terms okay. of what I'm going to give my opinion on what I would do. And then my opinion on what I think would happen. Kyle's going to do the same on each name. Kyle's coming straight off the dome. Straight off the dome. So Jackson Bear, Jackson Bears, like I said, those those were already counting. So let's start with the AFC, and we're going to start in the AFC South with the Houston Texans. David Culley, first year, four and twelve so far. Davis Mills might be the guy. David Culley, what are what are we doing? David Culley, with number three in my uh, coach power rankings of rookie head coaches, uh, went four and twelve with Deshaun in twenty twenty. Uh, Mills Mafia, I think they give him one more year. You think they give him one more year, and would you would give him one more year too? Yes. So it's a double keep for you. I don't think it matters. What 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 can they do next year? They're 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 in like this weird like no man's land. It's kind of like with Jalen Hurts. You know, twenty twenty two is going to be his year. If not, you cut him, regroup. And it's also like who's going to be like, oh yeah, the Texans' job is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like who's going to be really? Who wants to deal with that it? pastor and the crazy guy Casario from uh, from New England? Jack Easterby donated like a thousand dollars to the Schefter thing and Schefter like posted it and he ended up getting like shamed for it, which is kind of funny. Yeah. How about Schefter waited, uh, waited till like the 1 million mark was coming up. And then he was like, yeah, you know, I, 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 I was the one I put 5,000 in with my, my wife and, uh, it went over the million mark. Thanks to me, not to brag or anything. It's like $5,000 Schefter. $5,000. Yeah. Everyone's was like that though. It was like Matt Nagy donated 7,600. What a guy. And it's like, Am I wrong for thinking these are really small amounts for these? Jeffrey Laurie only gave 10K. That's like Jeff- the that's the biggest one I've heard, though. Like, I don't know if I've heard a bigger one. I'm pretty sure Ursay doubled it. Uh, oh fuck. Well, he's drunk. He was like, <laughs> whatever. 
Um, yeah, I think they keep. I think they uh, they keep Cully. Okay, so I'm going. I think they keep him, and I I would keep him too. So I, we're we're double keep there. We could take the Texans off the list. Let's get to. Uh, I think the most in, maybe the most interesting one, Rich Bisaccia. The Las Vegas Raiders. Can you believe it, folks? They have a win and you're in the playoff scenario in their 15th home game mm-hmm. of the year next week playing the Chargers. Uh, it's, it's you know, it, they have benefited from the fact that they, they play a strictly home game schedule. They don't they, go on the road. It's they a government up, wait, conspiracy. Where are they playing next week? In Las Vegas. It's, it's a government it's conspiracy. ridiculous. You can go look at the schedule and it'll tell you that they played road games. And you can go look at tape and it'll, like, it, they shit. Uh, it's a government conspiracy. They changed the tape. They altered the film. They put the the fans in the in the stands. They put the the logo at half at, at, at the midfield. Chris and, Angel's rappelling from the from the roof doing the halftime show like he did, like wearing football pants. Yeah, no, it, you you won't find any actual people who were at those Las Vegas Raiders away games. No, nope. The only put yeah, uh, the fighting Passaccias. Um, yeah, screw it. It's one of those ones where it's like the guy you could you could just see the athletic piece right now where it's like the guy he paid his dues. He paid his dues for 20 years doing odd jobs around the league. He probably grew up in like Gary, Indiana or something like that. They're going to go back home, talk to people who grew up with them and everything. He's oh, I feel like he grew up in Western PA. I feel like probably. he grew up like Scranton. A lot of people come from from Pennsylvania when you when you look at it. It's like how many people live in Pennsylvania that like get the fuck out of there and go make it somewhere? He seems like a Scranton guy to me. Uh, do you think you, – so you're going double keep. You would keep him, and you think they'll keep him. I think they'll keep him, yep. I'm saying they should keep him, but I think they'll fire him. I think Al Davis will want to make a splash, and I think they'll they'll bring in a new – they'll try to do something new. I think Doug Peterson will be in the mix there. Uh, mm. But uh, I, I think that'll that'll be a splash. This is an easy one. We don't even we don't even. Chris Versace is from uh, Yonkers, New York. That's, that's close. Northeast. Northeast. So um, I'll go with one that I think we can just do in like 30 seconds. Maybe you just get you get taps ready. Maybe maybe you get a sad song ready. You play I don't think it we can play taps edit on it. YouTube. Oh, man. That's, know, that's, YouTube's that a seems messed up. That seems like we can't pay our respects. Maybe just mm. a moment of silence. Okay. A moment of, a moment of silence for, for the Fang Man, Vic Fangio, and the Denver Broncos. Everybody take uh, – observe – Five seconds of silence. Fire, Big Fangio. It was a good run. It wasn't. It really wasn't. But you know, uh, you know, I'm in arguments a- with Broncos fans on Twitter currently who seem to be really happy about the direction of the franchise. So it was uh, a good you know, run for him- what Vic Fangio thought he was. Like Vic Fangio should have never made it three years. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Because Andrew should have been fired probably after his first year, definitely after his second year. But it was kind of like Bradley Chubb gets injured, Von Miller gets injured. He's always had he was always at the right moment at the right time. Spin zone, Broncos are a racist organization for firing Vance Joseph after one year, but giving Vic Fangio <laughs> three years. Spin zone. You can you can go down that that avenue on your own time. <laughs> well, you're, you're afraid of criticizing John Elway all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go to the NFC. Uh, so we agree on everything so far. I, besides the fact that I think the Raiders will fire Versace, we, we agree on everything else. The Washington football team is an mm. interesting one. Did you see this stat? 
what's the uh, the Rivera losing season stat? Through 39 games, Jay Gruden, Ron Rivera, same record. Jay Gruden was a good coach. I, I don't care was what he? people tell me. I like Jay Gruden. I thought Jay Gruden got a bad rap. <clears throat> I thought Washington was not as good as he was even leading them to be. Those Cousins teams stunk. And they had the, you like that run. They won the division. I liked Jay Gruden. I thought Jay Gruden, uh, you know, I thought he was much maligned. Jay Gruden, big time partier, big yes. time drinker, big time pot smoker. I, I feel like there's something there. That's what I was going to say. I said, I think Jay Gruden works in the 80s and the 90s when social media wasn't around. I don't think Jay Gruden works in today when guys could be guys and they could send emails the way they wanted to send emails. (laughs) Shout out to the Gruden family. Uh, But I'm saying that they will keep him. And you know what? With Mm -hmm. everything in that organization, it's like, yeah, you probably just have to like keep him. He probably knows too much already. I mean, how much, how long did, um, not Jim Caldwell, Jim Zorn? No, the, uh, the Colts, um, the Colts head coach who had cancer, Pagano. Pagano. They they kept him. That was a that was kind of a cancer trial. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you get at least three to four years if you if you beat cancer. It's it's in the rule book. It's the Rooney rule, but with cancer. Chuck Pagano. Chuck Pagano getting cancer led to Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay because Bruce Arians became a thing because of the Colts, and then he got the Arizona Cardinals job. And then he went to Tampa Bay, and then Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. A lot of dominoes. Hmm. It's funny how right, that works. So it is funny how that works. Let's let's jet through this though. Washington, you'd keep him? Would you keep him? Yeah, you got to keep him. Who else is on, who else is out there that like really want? Who wants to take that job? First of all, and then up next, this is like the most obvious one on the board. But uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger. The New York Giants, Joe Judge, a complete. <sighs> fucking loser a total loser that press conference was an embarrassment uh i would fire the shit out of them i actually think they're coming to their senses and it's like this is really bad and they're gonna have to fire him i, I think they're gonna have to but they promised yeah, they, they promised, promised they wouldn't fire him after two years and that's the smartest thing joe judge has done in his two years there is when he before he shook mar's hand and he said and he signed the contract he pr- made mar promise him that he wouldn't fire him after two years and he would let him build. I don't think he's going anywhere now, but it is bad. Like scouts are coming out against him and Gettleman. Former players are coming out against Gettleman. Uh, former uh, Lawrence Tynes is coming out against Joe Judge. The thing about like Joe Judge, he's not talking like a guy who who thinks he's safe. So like, that's the weird part. Like the rant felt kind of like a hostage situation yeah. where he's like pleading for for Mara to pay the ransom and keep him as head coach because. You know, none of Joe Judge's thoughts during that press conference made any sense. Like teams in a good direction at least show it on the field. Like the Jets, they suck, but they're playing hard under Bob Sala right now. The, the Dolphins, they started one and seven and they're rattling off seven straight. They're going to miss the playoffs. But like you would have said, Flores was definitely gone by the by the beginning of the year. Um, the Lions only have two wins, but they're against the Cardinals who are going to be a playoff team and a fringe playoff team in the Vikings. And you see it in the locker room. They're like jacked up after they win and stuff. What's the last video you saw of like the players rallying around Joe Judge or having fun with Joe Judge or even liking like you, there's no reports that are like, hey, yeah, we know Judge Joe Judge sucks, but the players love playing for him. Like he's carrying his own water right now in the press conference. And every report that comes out is from a Mara family source. It's not from like players. But you're saying they keep him. Yeah, they wow. promised him. You can't break a promise in the NFL. 
I think they're going to break a promise because that's what he seems like desperate the other day. He does. I, no, he really I, does. Yeah. Before that press conference, I didn't think they were going to fire him. And then that press conference happened. And now I feel like they're going to have to fire him, but you're a big don't, don't fire another man. Don't, don't, don't talk about another man's job guy. You're keeping all these guys. Let's see. And I know you like this next guy, the Minnesota Vikings, Mike Zimmer. Oh. Get this guy out of here. Jonathan Gannett from Mike Zimmer. Jonathan Gannett from Mike Zimmer. Oh, I'm in on that. Mike Zimmer yeah. would be a great DC. Mike Zimmer would be great. How, how fast do you think Jeff McLean and his fingerless gloves um, hung up on Jonathan Gannon's agent when he was like, hey, you know, Jonathan, Johnny, Johnny boy, he's getting uh, he's getting head coaching looks. And Jeff McLean was like, I'm not running with that. It's like, fine, I'll go to Pete Schrager then. He's like, yeah, you go to Pete Schrager. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, <laughs> you know what, Bill? On the Bill Simmons podcast, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm telling you, look out for this Jonathan Gannon guy. Bill, I gotta tell you about this Jonathan Gannon guy, man. He's, he's just, you know, you remember when the Eagles they started off two and five? Bill, yeah. I'm telling you, it's the ten, or it's the twenty year anniversary of nine eleven, <laughs> and and the Giants fans are gonna be fired up. That was one of the worst yeah. arguments I've ever mm-hmm. heard. It was like week three or week two. Peter Schrager was like talking Bill out of betting against the Giants because of 9-11. But uh, the, the thing is when you're like on like a funny podcast like that and your your narrative is like around like like funniness like that, like you can, you can put that out there because no one takes you seriously. When you're on like Good Morning Football and you're actually like an insider and you're supposed to like deliver like well eloquent takes, you can't use 9-11. It's not funny when you do it. <laughs> It's funny when like Big Cat or like Prez do it on, on Barstool or, or one of those guys or or your buddy's like, hey, listen, 20th anniversary of, of 9-11. Like boys are going <laughs> to be playing right now. No, yeah, I, I think uh, I – Pete Schrager flew too close to the sun on that one. I'm a big good morning football guy. I, I, like, I like Schrager. I like Kyle. I, I, I love Kay. I, I love Nate Burleson. Uh, I think Kay Adams and Nate Burleson are like two shining stars in the industry of, of sports. I think those two, Nate Burleson should be on Monday Night Football, in my opinion. I think that mm. guy's fantastic. Um, and so I don't know how we ended up here, but I would fire Mike Zimmer. Oh, I, I think uh, Minnesota is so done with Mike Zimmer. Where do you I go? Think he's from here? done with them. I yeah. Think Did you see the Kellerman quote? <laughs> oh. I see him in practice. I'll- <laughs> I'll put that, I'll edit that in. Holy shit. If you're Kellen Mond, like you have to go to your agent and be like, yo, man, can you trade me? Because obviously this guy didn't want me. Do you think you want to get a look at Mond next week? Not particularly. Mike, why don't you want to get a look at him? I see him every day. <laughs> like there's well, no, I- there's no, there's no way Mike Zimmer was was pro Kellen Mond on that draft pick because if you're if you're if you like you know how like teams fire coaches or fire GMs and you come in you have a quarterback who's like kind of on the fringe like well you're not my guy so you're kind of like you know what do mm-hmm. I care about you if Mike if Mike Zimmer fall for that pick Mike Zimmer would have never talked about that but the fact that course, Sean Mannion yeah. started over Kellen Mond that's all you got to say about Kellen Mond and I tweeted that out, and Vikings fans were like, "No, he just hasn't had enough time in the offense, and they trust Sean Mannion." It's People like, are no. fucking delusional. And I was like, "Dude, there's clearly something going on if they don't play their third round pick here when their starting quarterback has COVID." Like, there's- we're not talking about a sixth or seventh round pick. You're exactly no. right, Mark. It's a guy from a from a, a SEC school who played quarterback, who played quarterback pretty successfully, and he can't, and he can't, yeah, and he can't. Uh, mm. Go ahead. Um, Mike Zimmer, I say he will be my first one. I do think he's fired. I I, I delve a now little you, in what things mentioned. You fired, they're not too happy. 
You fired the Fang Man too. You fired the. Oh, fang I fired man. the Fang Man too. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big. Hey, I'm a big. If you're not, if you're not getting the job done, you can you can go on your merry way. So let's get to a big one here that For you me? asked me specifically if he'd be on the list before we did this. Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers. I would fire him so fast, but I think David Tepper's all in on the Jay Z seven year plan. Uh, I, I think they keep him in Carolina, which is hilarious. What's the Jay Z seven year plan? Matt Rule said he's got a Jay. Matt Rule said, "Well, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day." Jay Z said it took seven years uh, to become Jay Z, and it's like Jay Z had like one of the best debut albums of all time. It it wasn't a good comparison. But that's smart. He's not yeah. only he's not only being cool guy Matt Rule, but he's also putting a seven year plan in place that'll at least get him four years of that seven. He got killed. Plan. He got killed for it though. So that's that's part of it. Um, and he also like fired Joe Brady and tried to like pawn this year off on Joe Brady, uh, which maybe that'll work. I, I guess I think they keep him. No. They should fire him. Joe Brady's either going to get a really good head coaching job in college, or he's going to get a really good offensive coordinator job, and they're going to look awesome. Like Kellen Moore, if Kellen Moore gets if Kellen Moore gets poached, Joe Brady could go. I can see him going to the Cowboys, and they're just firing all cylinders. And that will be the 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 greatest indictment against Matt Rule. And I hope Matt Rule gets fired. And I think they should fire Matt Rule because as much as I think Stan Drayton is doing great over these two weeks, Matt Rule can always come back whenever he wants. So I think we have to talk about the Temple coaching situation real quick. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this on the air before, but their former coach was Rod Carey. Um, I had never seen the Temple coach. Um, and – I heard the name and I just assumed that he looked like Stanley from the office. Like that, I had a very specific picture of what Rod Carey was in, in my brain. And it was, it was an African-American fellow. That, that was what I had in my head. Um, apparently he very much doesn't look like that. Am I wrong in saying he kind of looks like, uh, I don't know, like, like Bill Burr. I like, I don't know. I, little I, Bill Burr, little, little Steve Cohen, Mets owner. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Midwestern yeah. fat guy. Looks like he eats yeah. a lot of cheese curds, a lot, a lot of fried food. Yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a, yeah. And then Stan Drayton. Is who they hired, and th- sounds like then a I'm like, yeah, it sounds like a white. It, it sounds like a white dude. Stan Drayton, very, very white name. So I, I was thinking Wilbur Brimley. Like that's that's where my brain went <laughs> when when I heard the name Stan Drayton. That's and he very much is is a young African American guy. Yeah, he's does, not white. Does not look like Wilbur Brimley, the face of diabetes. He does uh, not so, have diabetes, for which we no, know. We don't know. Not confirmed. Not confirmed. yeah. Temple Temple is fucking your brain up with their coaching hires. Yeah, no, they just need to they need to pull a Matt Diaz, say see you to Stan Drayton and uh and hire Matt Rule. Once <clears> and hire fired. Matt Rule. Yeah. But are, no, so I would that, do you're, it. you're saying they fire him. I'm saying they fire him because he'll come back to Temple then. He needs Temple, I'm telling you, Temple should be a rehab for coaches. Sorry, right, Dan right. Mullen. We're putting another we're putting another name. Oh, that'd be so, Dan Mullen should go coach in the NFL. She's still uh, looking for a job. I think he's gonna take a year off, I feel like. Um, so then the last one his poor wife. The last one, and this is going to be like a good. It's going to be a. It's going to be a quick one. The Seattle Seahawks. I think it's over. It's over. The, Listen, the air is done. Uh, he's a, he was a great coach, but it's over. I appreciate everything Pete Carroll did for my Trojans when I was growing up. I loved Matt Leinart. I loved Reggie Bush. I don't even hate Pete Carroll. I. It's, I, I loved Maluga. Who was that big running back? Lendell White. I loved him too. Palomalu. Listen, I had a great childhood because of Pete Carroll. Taylor Mays. But it's time. It's over. Pete Carroll. I don't know what he does. I why 
he could he could do so much more than coaching. So like I don't even know if he coaches ever again. What do you mean so much more than coaching? What's he gonna like, like, he could be a broadcaster? He could 9/11 be nine eleven investigate. He could he could investigate nine eleven. He could really push like like fit T. Like those influencer stuff. I really think he could be an influencer for like from from people that are like forty five and above. Like he would really be good. Like he he could he's in pretty good shape and I feel like he works out probably he probably goes into the gym, does a couple twenty five pound, thirty pound curls and gets out of there. He spends like one month hiring somebody from LA for hiring an influencer trainer and stuff, hire Kevin Hart's guy. He could get that body jacked, ripped, getting a little steroid cycle in there. He could be an insanely good uh, a supplements influencer. And I will say, Doug Peterson, from that area, from from the Pacific Northwest, from Washington, mm. the state of Washington. So maybe Doug Peterson's a, a candidate for the Seahawks. No job has fit one person better than Jacksonville fits Doug Peterson. It makes me nervous, though. They interviewed him, and now they're still interviewing all these people. They're scheduled more Leftwich well, Bulls. It I know matter. that they have to it interview people, matter. but it feels like if he was their guy, we'd know by now. I don't know. But if you I'm, if you like Doug, you don't want him to go there. If you like Doug and everybody no, gave you as an Eagles fan, Trent Balk sucks. Hold on. So, well, you you said you fired. You, you Seattle's on the board. So, okay, here's your open jobs and your opinion on what's going to happen. Here's your open jobs: Jacksonville, Chicago. Who would you rather go to, Jacksonville or Chicago? Chicago? Uh, no chance. I'd 100 percent rather go to Jacksonville. Why? Trevor's. I, I still think Trevor Lawrence is a really good prospect, and I still think that you know, after this show of Urban Meyer. You, there's such a low bar. Like I think all you have to do in is put any sort of NFL culture in there and bring any sort of accountability there, and it's going to be such a massive step up, and you're going to get job security because they can't fire another coach in one, two, three years. Like You could say the same thing about thing. Chicago, who refuses to fire Matt Nagy in the season because there's some convoluted bullshit rule that they've never fired a coach in the season. That bar is insanely low in Chicago. Matt Nagy made the playoffs. Matt Nagy, like, I, I think that the Bears fans are brutal. Like, and I don't One think it's an easy year, thing so. to... Uh, he did. I don't think it's easy to turn around. Like, I, I I would not want any parts of the Chicago job. And then we have... Why the, not, man? That Justin Justin Fields? Yeah, Fields, defense, Fields makes it a little better. Uh, Fields you, you makes get, it a little you, better. You get rid of Khalil Mack for some picks and stuff? You want to go to Denver? I'd go to Denver. I think I think Doug would, would fit well in Denver. I think Doug would fit well in Seattle, like you said. Seattle makes sense to me. I'd rather Jacksonville, especially since Seattle's going to be starting from square one, trading Russ probably. So I, I'd rather have Trevor than, than go to Chicago or go to Denver or go to Washington or if that opened up. Or really, the big one, you didn't fire Joe Judge, but if Doug Peterson goes to the Giants, I'm going to cry. And also, that's I would like, I would renounce Doug Peterson. I'd be really upset, and also I think it'd be a, t- a terrible business decision. Uh, <coughs> the, Vi- the Vikings are a good one. Uh, the Vikings are interesting. You got Dalvin Cook. You got Justin Jefferson. Maybe you get a quarterback. Maybe you ride with Cousins and you try to build around it, whatever. The Vikings are interesting. Doug would right. be – that's a fun one. Here's what I ask you. What's the number one job? Think of like all the scenarios. Like free agents would go there. Uh, big-time quarterbacks would go there. Uh, location. Uh, division, rebuilding. What's your number one job? If you're looking for competing pretty fast, I'm going to say Minnesota. And if you're looking for long-term success and trying to build something, I'm going to say Jacksonville. 
I think Minnesota and Jacksonville are the two are, are the two jobs that if I was a coach, those would be the, the, the jobs that I was really looking at. I would say New York. The Giants? I, do, I would. Oh, I just I hate the situation so much. Like I, I, the roster's so bad. But I think Mara stays out of it. Like that's the good thing about Mara is I don't think he meddles that much. I think he just He's had a bad run now though. But the they're just they're and, they're shitty at hiring. They hire in. Like they they hire inside. It's like the Flyers. They just hire guys from within. They don't ever look externally. Like obviously they look at Joe Judge. Um he's, you know, obviously from the Patriots and whatnot, but I'm pretty sure he has some some back channel relationship to someone in that organization. And I know Gettleman was like, wasn't he in the Giants organization for a little bit or something like that? I forget. I, I know he I'm was sure, yeah. something else like related to those guys. They just hire within. And the next guy they're, they're talking about getting is the assistant general manager. And they're just going to, they're just going to promote him to general manager, Kevin Abrams. And it's just, it's just going to be, you know, kind of a, this cycle. But I mean, Mara for, for as far as I'm concerned, stays out of it and they care about winning. They're just, you know, suck at hiring. Personally, if I was a coach, I wouldn't want to go to Chicago. I wouldn't want to go to Houston. I wouldn't want to go to Vegas. I wouldn't want to go to Denver. I wouldn't want to go to Washington. I wouldn't want to go to New York. Um, I don't think I'd want to go to Seattle because of the situation. The three places I'd be looking at were Jacksonville, like I said, for the future, Minnesota for competing right now and with the pieces they have. The sneaky one. I think it's Carolina. I think if Carolina can figure out quarterback, I think that that's a good roster. All right. You got anything else? I think we said it all. All right. I got to get off this pod. I, uh, that's the first cigar I've smoked in like <laughs> Light, five, feeling, six years. And feeling the, lightheaded? The, the room is spinning a little <laughs> bit. I have ash all over this card table that I use to, uh, to, to, to use to prop up this shit on the podcast and everything. So I got to clean this up. And uh, my roommate just texted me saying, hey, the whole house smells like like cigars. So uh, I got to open a window. So hope you enjoyed uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, I might be out on the streets by next time. Follow <laughs> us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And we will talk to you on Wednesday. 